Welcome to the Manifestation and Mystic Soul podcast, a place to discover how to live in spiritual alignment, attract more of what you want, and become the highest version of yourself. My name's Helen from Helen Life, and I'm a manifestation coach, astrologer, and all-round modern mystic. I blend together practical manifestation tools with ancient spiritual wisdom, coaching, astrology, and modern magic. If you're looking to raise your vibration and step into your dream reality, then you've come to the right place. I hope by listening to this show, you gain the perspectives, teachings, knowledge, practices, and tools you need to embody your next level self. Now let's dive in. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Manifestation and Mystic Soul podcast. Hope you're all having a magical day. Hope your week has got off to a good start. So... Today's episode is a conversation that I had with Helen Denham. So I had the pleasure of sitting down with Helen, who is a woman's mentor, a behavior change specialist, a quantum healing hypnosis practitioner, and a Reiki 2 healer. Her mission is to embolden her community to design the lives they truly desire through mindfulness, behavior change, quantum healing, and subconscious reprogramming. And in this conversation, We covered a lot of ground. We covered her journey from realizing that suffering is a choice. Pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. Right through to how to actually rewire your mind and change the stories that may be blocking you. So really, that's all I have to say. And I think we just need to dive into the episode. So enjoy this juicy conversation and I'll speak to you all next week. Hi, Helen. How are you doing today? Great. Helen, both the Helens are in the building. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's so nice to meet another Helen on this kind of path. So for anyone who hasn't sort of come across you yet or come into your world, can you give us a little bit of a background as to what your journey's been in into this sort of spiritual world? Sure. Well, to just kind of begin, I'm a self-mastery mentor for women in particular, and uh, we do that through subconscious healing. Uh, We bring in techniques like EFT tapping, mindfulness, highest self activations, visualizations. But what I'm really doing with the women that I work with is getting down to their root belief systems and then kind of building them a new framework as I hold their hand, you know, they really do it. I always say, you know, when they enter a container with me, they're the ones doing the work. I'm just asking the right questions. Um, so that's really what my work is revolving around now is doing one-on-one sessions with women to, to build their self-worth and to get them into a place of confidence and well-being so that they can really attract lives that feel like heaven on earth, to be honest, because I feel like that is what I've been able to uh, bring into existence after struggling with clinical depression, eating disorders, you name it. Um, and I remember, you know, about a year and a half ago, I was in Topanga and I was looking out at the beautiful mountains and I kept saying to myself, I live in heaven on earth. I live in heaven on earth. And that just became an affirmation that started to run through my mind. And I really began to just believe that and understand that and see that every single day, regardless of, you know, the little challenges that come in. But 
I just, that really started to sink into my bones. And I was like, this is what I need to help other people understand that this is possible, that life doesn't have to be this like loop of suffering every day, all the time. We actually can feel good. We actually can feel happy and fulfilled. It's not this um, lie that we've been told. The lie that we've been told is that we're put here to suffer forever. Um, so it's this yeah. understanding, I guess, that of course, pain is inevitable. We're going to face that even on a daily basis with the human condition, but um, suffering becomes a choice at the end of the day. And we can choose to look at our pain and our challenges with a completely different lens and actually get excited about the growth opportunity there. So that's kind of my, uh, my little answer for why I do this work and exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I was going to touch on that, actually. Yeah, pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. And that's such a Buddhist perspective. But I love that. And that mindset, how did you really get into that and sort of embody that mindset that suffering is a choice? Because it can be quite a heavy thing to, to pick yourself out of. Yeah, totally. Yeah. How did I start to realize that? Well, <clears throat> I had been in the entertainment industry and really pursuing, you know, modeling music, whatever I could try my hand at, um, in New York. But the only way that I was able to make that work was really like starving myself. Like I was in a really, I guess, toxic is really the best word to use for that. I was drinking a lot of alcohol, doing a lot of drugs, staying up all night, um, just a lifestyle that was really unhealthy, um, to be able to maintain a certain weight, to be able to be a part of this underground music scene, basically coming up. And I just, you know, I'd gone to school for music. I had, you know, been training myself to believe that that's always what I'd be moving toward. And at one point I was just like, I don't feel good. I don't feel healthy. I don't feel happy anymore. Um, this is painful. I'm suffering every day. I'm making myself sick every single day. And I just, I had been introduced to some of our, you know, greatest teachers, you know, Eckhart Tolle and uh, Michael Singer and, you know, Abraham Hicks. And I had just been starting to listen to them. And all of a sudden I was like, whoa, wait a second. I am in the driver's seat. And what meaning am I assigning to this kind of goal that I've had? Do I really want this? Or is this something that I have just like, you know, placed all of my value and worthiness onto, um, so all of a sudden I just gave myself permission to release that story and release the trajectory and get really honest with myself to be like, it's okay to not want to do this anymore. Like you're not going to be any less valuable if you go in a different direction, but I really didn't know what that direction would look like. So I opened up myself to source. I asked for help. I was like, where am I supposed to go? Because I don't know what my life is going to look like. I've been training for years to, to be successful at this. And I'd had a little bit of success, but nothing that was like, you know, it was pop star or nothing. And I was like, I'm not going to be happy. And then I was like, well, okay, really? Do you want to be a pop star? Do you want to be touring every day? Do you want to be in the studio every day? I'm a cancer. I like to like be in my cozy home. I do. I like my family. I don't want to be touring the world like that. Of course I want to travel, but like, I just really started to look at the lifestyle of people that I was looking up to and how hard I would need to train and what the sacrifices would look like to get there. And I just was like, no. So, um, when I opened up the opportunity for something else to come in, all of a sudden, like there came an opportunity to work at a meditation studio called Inscape in the Flatiron District. And I had just gone through a breakup with like the first love of my life. So I was like, 
you know, going through um, heartache and this kind of like grieving process as well. So I was like, this sounds like the best way to just go into like monk mode and really train and start to master my emotions in a way and really get to know myself, something that I had been avoiding doing for a while. And I fell in love with the community there, the people there, the people that were coming in to meditate were so healthy and happy. And I was like, something's working here. People <laughs> are really thriving. Here. Something's happening. And I made some wonderful friends there. I was like, these are the people I want to be around. These are the people I found my people. And then that led me to go to Thailand to live abroad for a month. Well, travel for a month. Um, And I was in Chiang Mai visiting monasteries every morning and just, you know, it kind of sounds like a classic (laughs) spiritual girl adventure, but it really was meaningful to, to be around people who were living in love and in devotion and you know, you can kind of tell the rest of the story. My trajectory just went up from there. I was like, I need to be in this world always, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So kind of being surrounded by other people and, and feeling their lighter energy allowed you to then go, okay, this is possible for me too. Yeah, absolutely. And sorry, I went on a tangent from your original question, like pain into suffering, but I think that was the crux there. Like the choice point, like, okay, at this point you're doing it to yourself and you can make another decision. So let's get out of it. Um, and that was it. That was the choice point. Just sometimes I find that people don't even realize that that's available to them and it takes someone else showing them that it's possible, which is why finding expanders is so awesome as Lacey Phillips has coined that term expanders, but like looking at other people who are living, like you want to live, uh, to show yourself that it's possible, um, and then making some different choices. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good tip, actually, finding someone else who's already living that life and who's, you know, an example to you. What what other sort of tips, if someone's in that space where they feel like they're suffering and they're not sure what their choice is and how to make a different choice, what kind of steps can they start to take as well as like finding someone else who's already on that path? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think it's important to get quiet, like just get quiet. We have all of these tools and implementations that we can talk about for sure. And that's wonderful. But I think first and foremost, get quiet, get yourself into stillness. Um, I think as we're beginning this path, we'll all of a sudden realize like, how often am I actually sitting with myself in silence in solitude and being comfortable with it? So I think welcoming in the spaciousness and the silence and sitting with yourself and just observing what comes up. This mm-hmm. is where we talk about becoming the observer in meditation and mindfulness. Cause you get this like bird's eye view of your thought patterns. And, um, uh, what was I just thinking of Carl Jung, Carl Jung describes thoughts as like objects in a way. So you can choose what thoughts you want to take ownership of, or which ones you want to let pass. Mm-hmm. So it's about not identifying so heavily with our thoughts and choose starting to pick and choose which ones we want to keep and which we want to just release and rotate out. So that's the beauty of meditation. You get an opportunity to sit in that stillness and begin to observe the thoughts that are coming in and start to get a really honest check-in about where you're at, what's going on there, what emotions come up as these thoughts come through. And then the deeper layers of, okay, what do I believe about this circumstance? What do I believe about my life? Um, 
And literally just sitting and pondering that will bring out a lot of answers or will at least surface some of that heavier density and bring it up so that it can at least be in the headspace and not in like the root space. Just being aware of it is huge to begin. And then you can start to play with that and start to rewire it, which is something, you know, I find with my clients all the time. Like yesterday I had my, one of my wonderful women come in and she said, you know, I'm sleeping with my fist clenched. I'm so stressed. I'm holding so much tension in my body. And I said, what's it about? She said, well, I'm stressed about this decision. And as we got, as we peeled it back, there were like 10 layers to that to got, and it got way down to the root of, okay, I'm unhappy in my marriage. Whoa. So it's not, it's not like what happened today. This is much deeper. So it's about bringing awareness and sitting in that space to let the deeper issue come up. Cause there's always something to going on there that has to do with self-worth most of the time. And then, then I like to write because I find that pain like needs to be expressed somehow. And whether it's writing or creating art or making music or whatever is your creative outlet, Pain needs somewhere to live outside of the body because as we know, like the body keeps the score, right? That's why we hold tension. That's why disease starts to build up. So having this opportunity and this way of like purging what's been building up is extremely helpful and valuable. So I just like to free write sometimes if I'm in a place of confusion or I need clarity or I just need to get it out of my system. I, um, I get it on paper, just free, write, just free flow, whatever comes up. Even if you start with like, I don't know what to write, just set your timer even for five minutes and just let whatever comes out, spill out onto the page. Um, and then I have just like my faith with source builds every day. I feel like, so I'm constantly talking to the universe. I'm constantly asking for support from my ancestors, from my spirit team, asking them to show me the next step or, you know, just give me some guidance and having that kind of open dialogue and exchange has been very valuable as well. Mm, yeah, definitely. I think awareness is so key because if you're not aware of what's going on, you can't, you can't take any sort of thing to change it. So yeah, I completely agree with awareness. I love what you said about expressing pain. That's such a, such a good yeah perspective on it. I haven't sort of heard that for, for a while, actually, that actually a lot of the time that we're doing something creative it's an expression it's an expression of some form whether it's joy or sadness or you know an emotional expression mm-hmm. so yeah I love that so you're you're a quantum healing hypnosis practitioner which I love I'm really into like delirious canon and all of that kind of stuff so I'd love to talk a little bit about the subconscious and what the difference is between the conscious and the subconscious mind Totally. I love Dolores Cannon too. She is the one I took my training from. And for anybody listening, she has so many books, so many videos out there. She's this quirky older lady. She's passed now, but she's just wonderful. And I think her family's running this program now for quantum healing hypnosis. So this came about because I, um, I had had some experiences with plant medicine where I was starting to kind of bring up like memories. Like I just was tapping into the ether. I think as most people that do plant medicine start to tap into like, okay, there are these subtle realms that we can work with. And there's more than meets the eye to this realm that we're in. And we can start to access that with practice. And I had also done a few past life regressions and they'd been able to get to a certain level But I was like, we can go further than this. It still felt like one of the guided visualizations that I take people through a lot, which is extremely powerful, but it doesn't really get us literally into the astral realm or literally out of the body so that the other 
forces can come in. Mm -hmm. So I was just fascinated by that. I was like, who is teaching this? Who, who's actually getting deeper and showing, you know, experiences come out from this. And I'd also been so fascinated by near death experiences because these are people that like exit the body. Um, and then they choose to come back in. They're all telling these stories that are lining up, they're syncing up. Um, so I just felt like there was some real hard evidence basically out there that we are not of this body. These are our vessels for a short period of time and we continue on. So just kept getting more and more curious about that near death experiences, astral travel, lucid dreaming, like all of that was stacking up as proof that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience, right? And that we chose to come here. So it was that fascination that finally led me to Dolores Cannon, I guess. I had been, um, I love Jerome DeWitt, who I interviewed on my podcast as well. He's a past life regressionist. So I was checking him out and I was like, he's doing something right. Who did he study with? And he had studied with Dolores. So um, mm -hmm. her training was a few months long and Basically, you get people down into a state where they're fully relaxed and you bring them on a visualization journey and whatever's going to come up is going to come up naturally. Sometimes people visit past lives. Sometimes they visit different dimensions. They visit parallel timelines um, because the idea of time and space dimensions seem to fall away. So people will bring up and reveal in their session, like whatever is most necessary for them to see. And I actually found that with my Reiki training, there were a lot of parallels between the two because I've had glimpses come through in Reiki when I'm like deep into that kind of ethereal realm, I'll get memories that come up um, with my Reiki teacher the other day who, who was my Reiki master. I had all of these flashbacks of being a Native American kid in a car going to a parent's house. I was in like the middle of the seat. I had two brothers next to me. It was such a clear vision. And I just started sobbing because I was like, this is why I'm so obsessed with talking about indigenous wisdom and healing because wow. I feel like I've been there. It's This is becoming really obvious. So I say that because that's kind of a hint at what will come up in a quantum healing session. It's all kind of the same thing. You're all You're accessing these different realms. But what we're doing in the, the quantum healing hypnosis sessions is getting even a little deeper than that so that we can allow source to speak through the body and start to do subtle healings on the body. When we get out of our ego, when we get out of the way, basically to let source begin to heal and Dolores actually, you know, it's not even necessarily source energy. It's like almost a group of beings, um, of light beings, as she describes it, that comes in to help heal. Um, they describe themselves as a unit, um, you know, kind of a team that comes in to allow healing and to facilitate mm -hmm. healing. So when you get down ideally to that, like kind of third level, when the person is actually has stepped aside from their body and is allowing their body to be worked on. And, um, there is another kind of group of beings that come in that they start to channel and communicate and their voice will change. And it, it actually becomes obvious because they'll start breathing a little bit differently and their vocal tone will change. Mm -hmm. And you can start to ask this, um, kind of group of beings what they need help with that. So oftentimes people will come in and they'll say, you know, I've got, I've got, um, an issue with my throat. Like, I think I need to open up my throat chakra or I've got chest pains or something. And so that will be kind of kept in mind as we bring them through their different lifetimes or, you know, whatever needs to come up until we get to that, you know, finally last realm where they can move aside to be worked on. And, um, that is where quantum healing can literally take place. That's where spontaneous healing can literally take place and disease can be rid. And, um, you know, people can go through 
incredible, you know, scenarios of healing when they just kind of get out of the way, but people need to be open and ready to receive that and brave enough to receive it, um, and allow themselves to move out of the way basically. And that's why you want to have a practitioner who you really trust because you are literally in a very vulnerable state. So that's why it's like, when you go into these sessions, you're going to get what you need most and where you feel the safest. So if it's, if it's just a memory that comes up or a very potent visualization that comes up, wonderful. If you are ready to get really deep there and you feel safe enough to do so, that will come through. Whatever's going to come through is going to be for your, for your benefit. Um, when I also did one with Leo Max, he, he studied very similar things. He does like entity removals too. He's like into like shamanism. I love him. So we do a little, we do a little bit differently, but he took me through one and yeah, I didn't get to that place where I needed to have like an entity removed or this, you know, big thing. What I needed most was this really profound visualization journey of, I was in like this castle and I was this um, like Indian princess with these traditional saris and these beautiful colored clothes. And I was sitting around to have tea time with the family. And um, I was in this big castle and Leo was guiding me through asking the right questions. And he was like, do you feel worthy of being here? And at first I had said no, but then we kind of shifted into, yeah, you're, it's okay to be here. Why have you built this castle? And the word that came through was devotion for me. Like this was a temple almost like, um, and that was my breakthrough. So there's always some kind of breakthrough that happens in a session for me with Leo, it was devotion. So that has changed the way that I work with women now. And everything I do is like an act of devotion. And that, that was really essential to come up just that one word, that one piece of understanding. So I find that no matter how deep we go in a session, if we get way down there into the quantum healing realms for spontaneous healing, amazing. Sometimes we stay in the liminal state and we get also an incredible healing. So it's whatever is right for the person who's coming in and what they most need basically. So yeah, yeah. that's what, that's what my experience has been with that. Yeah. Thank you for that. I love the in-depth of that. Yeah. Leo is amazing. So I highly recommend him as well. So with the healing, because I find healing is like cyclical. You can continue on and, and then you're okay for a while and then something else comes up and then you explore it. What's your thoughts on, on that cycle? Do you think healing ever ends when you get to a point where things are kind of okay, a-okay, or do you think it continuously is a journey of going deeper and, you know, developing and healing and, you know, expanding? Yeah. Okay. This is such a good point that you make that healing is cyclical totally because looking at it in a linear timeline just, just doesn't make sense anymore because things keep coming back around to say, Hey, have you moved through this? Do you feel that you're worthy of this yet? All these things, as long as we have desires, we're going to have healing to do. Otherwise we'd already have them. Like they'd already be in our field. So for example, I'm working a lot with money and Lakshmi and unblocking unworthiness about money. So if I'm, I'm calling in a particular number, the only reason I don't have that much money in my bank account right now is simply because I don't believe I'm worthy of it or deserving of it yet. And that's okay. Yeah. And as I've been working through that, I've seen the numbers in my bank account grow. So I'm literally just like reprogramming that. If I don't have any desires beyond that, then I'm kind of in this like chill state, but I think we like to grow. I think humans are here to grow and to be continuing our education. So 
I think we can even change the word healing at some point to just growing and continuing our education. Um, because I think healing Absolutely. I mean, yeah, there comes a point where we, we are healing, but you can also kind of look at it at some point as like, okay, now we're just, we're in a growth spurt here. Wonderful. Yeah. Because healing always like seems to go alongside pain. And there can be a point where we like have moved through a lot of that pain and we've reached a place where we're like, life is feeling okay. And it's not so stressful. And then whatever else we're calling in great. We just get to grow into that. Um, but yeah, there are growing pains. There is healing. There is unblocking that happens for sure. Um, but I think it can be daunting to think of like healing for the rest of our lives. Cause we're like, when is this going to end? Do I have to, I'm going to keep healing forever. Like I just want to be chill, yeah. you know? And, um, that is possible. I feel like, um, there are times when I feel like I'm in that state where I'm just, I feel safe. I think safety is like the most important thing to get down first and foremost, because when we feel safe financially, emotionally in our community, whatever, mm -hmm. then everything else is just like a cherry on top. And we're not in this like deep healing process all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I absolutely think we're always going to be growing, but you know, I look at, I wish I could remember the name of these like masters in India, these, you know, these men and women that enter like this kind of monkhood and they just literally sit, they don't eat all day. They get to be like 200 years old. Um, not like the Bhagavads or something, but you know, these they're kind of national geographic photos of these wonderful men, like painted and white, and they sit by the, the river. They, I think are examples of people who have ascended that cycle basically. And they're just kind of on the last tail here mm -hmm. and they're just, they're just in life. So I don't know. Um, I find that we're all kind of here for a different reason. I definitely feel like I'm in this life to be a student and a teacher at the same time, if that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with learning and I think I'll always be learning, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's always going to be painful. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good distinction because I think humans naturally want to grow. They want to expand, but it, the, the very nature of growing brings up stuff, brings up, like you say, a block, or if you want to do something, but then that brings up a, a reason of why you think you can't or why that's not possible or worthiness or whatever. So, yeah, I think it's interesting to see when you get to that point where you're, you know, you'll know you're kind of at peace, but then you also want to grow and that brings up more stuff and then you feel at peace again and, and the cycle continues, but it's okay as well. <laughs> totally. I think the only other thing I would add to that is like, then it gets to be fun because I've had challenges come up recently. And this is a shift I've noticed, uh, as I've grown is like, I'm not scared of them anymore. Like even like seemingly traumatic events, I'm like, okay, this is clearly shaking me up to get to the next level in whatever way that looks like, or the next paradigm where I am going to have more peace. Cause I just trust the process now so much. So I'm like, if something crazy is going to come in, welcome. Like, okay, I'll move yeah. through that and I'll figure that out. And like, then it's, it's just like, kind of gets to be fun and not to be like, that's where it's like victim versus master. Basically. It's like, I'm not, a, I don't find myself to be a victim of anything really. Mm. I've been so open about this. I had a, a stalker issue in Los Angeles, which, and I had to leave really abruptly. And that a few years ago would have terrified me and like completely thrown me for a loop. And I, that came in and I was like, okay, supposed to move like what's going on so that um was just an opportunity to really look at what has changed in my psyche because it didn't shake me to my core like it might have um it was scary and now I'm getting this opportunity to deal with kind of like 
looking at what intrusive thoughts are coming in that aren't mine, that are residual from that experience and moving through that. But I'm not scared of it. It's not really suffering anymore. It's just like, okay, I have a new opportunity to learn about this, figure out how to unblock and, and heal and move through it and then teach it basically. So mm-hmm. I start to have this kind of weird, weird enjoyment of uh, if something comes in that is unexpected or like a storm that, okay, here's an opportunity to to learn basically. Yeah. I love that perspective mm-hmm. because it, it is, it's kind of like if something comes up that triggers you or is unexpected, it is an opportunity because that's how we sort of transform. That's how we grow. So if someone wants to start reprogramming their subconscious and, and really getting into these sort of thought patterns, is there anything sort of key that they can do like by themselves to really, you know, start to nurture that? You know what? I actually will just do a shameless plug here. I have a free workbook for people that they can download. Like if they just mm-hmm. go to my Instagram, it's in the link in my bio. I just thought about okay. that. Um, it's just journal prompts. It's great journal prompts that will get you to take a look at your psyche in a really honest way uh, and just have that bird's eye view that we were talking about, like what's really going on. So yeah, mm-hmm. five tools that you need to uh, deepen your subconscious healing basically. And it's, you know, five great journaling prompts that you can navigate. So I would recommend that. I think journaling just has been really essential for getting an honest look at where we are. So mm-hmm. writing has been very powerful. That and just the subconscious loves repetition. So this is why mantra affirmations, like I never under, underestimate that no matter how, how far I get in my spiritual journey and my growth, I'm always going to be doing affirmations or mantra or something to like really, really sink that in. Um, because when we're doing subconscious reprogramming, we're rewriting a whole foundational layer of self-limiting beliefs and stacking in new ones. And that requires repetition and like really sinking in that belief system. So yeah, I would just take a look at like where some blocks are and create some custom affirmations for yourself to, um, to start to reprogram that with repetition basically. And a really simple tip here is like, I, whatever I'm working on, like month to month, I'll do just, I'll record my custom affirmations for that issue in particular into my voice notes on my phone. It's like two minutes. And I just listen to that like literally every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm doing, I'm blocking around money right now. So I've got affirmations that are specific to what I'm unblocking. It's only two minutes long. And I listen as I like get up, brush my teeth very easy. So I would recommend that too. Yeah. Oh, that's a, such a good tip, actually. Yeah. Just recording yourself. And also, I think there's something to be said when you hear yourself, the subconscious sort of absorbs it a bit more powerfully as well. So when you, you know, can hear your own voice as opposed to someone else's, it just has that extra, extra nudge with affirmations. Because some, some, there's sort of two sides with affirmations. Some people think like, yeah, they're really good. You know, keep repeating to yourself, blah, blah, blah. Then other people struggle because they feel like, well, I don't believe this. So I'm just saying stuff to myself that doesn't feel true. Is there a re- is there a reason for that? And how do you get past that if someone's in that sort of position where they feel like they're just repeating stuff that is like rubbish, basically? Yeah, this is kind of like this great question. It's like how I would reframe goal setting as well. Like when we're setting a goal, if you want to be making, you know, $10,000 a month, you're not going to set your goal for like a hundred thousand dollars a month. That's going to feel way too far away. It's going to feel like unattainable. Of course, you're not going to believe that. It's like, how could you possibly make sense of that? But if you're already making like 
five to $6,000 a month, 10,000 feels a little closer to the chest. You're like, okay, this is a little, little bit of a stretch, but I could believe this. Like, okay, I can start to call that in. That makes more sense. It's not so out of left field. So, um, I would say the same thing with affirmations, bring in an affirmation that feels slightly just, just above your comfort zone, but you could believe it. You could see yourself kind of getting there and stepping into that. Um, I was just going through this with one of my clients too. She was like, she said the same thing. She's like, I don't know if I believe this. And cause she's really struggling. She's been struggling with acne and she, her affirmation was like, I have perfect clear skin. And I was like, well, that's like saying that you have blue eyes when you have brown eyes. It's okay. But it's not, it's like, it's, it's going to be very hard for you to register that. So her affirmation changed into, instead of I have perfect clear skin, I love and I love honor, accept myself regardless of what my skin looks like, basically, because that needed to get down into loving herself and accepting herself and seeing herself as beautiful from the inside out to start to make shifts with her relationship with her acne and her skin. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, getting a custom affirmation and just like making sure it's the right one is definitely important. I think another example of that could be like, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not good enough, like, or I'm not worthy of love or something, or, maybe it's more specifically, like I have trouble finding a partner or I, I have issues dating or something. And like the, the affirmation to that could be like, I love honor, accept, and I love honor and accept myself first and foremost, with or without a partner, basically. So it's like reclaiming our value, wherever we're placing our value outside of ourselves, reclaiming that, honoring that. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think with affirmations, just the next natural step that kind of is about the feeling uh, that really makes sense to us. That feels like a little bit of a stretch, same with goal setting. So that was a little, I tripped up a little on that one, but I think, I think they'll know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's super helpful because you're right. Sometimes people can set affirmations. You know, I've done it in the past myself where I, I it's, it's very far fetched and you think actually this isn't true. And so, you, you know, you, you have that little self-talk game with yourself. But if you set something that is just a little bit more believable then you can start to believe it and then once you believe that you just set something a little bit bigger and and you sort of go from there so yeah yeah hopefully that's helpful yeah definitely okay well I feel like we've covered so much in just like a short space of time um but thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom and all of your knowledge and sort of speciality in this field where can people come and find more out about you and get involved with your world and all of the offers and things that you've got going on right now. Thank you, Helen. I loved your questions and yeah, we totally, we covered some awesome ground. Um, so I'm on Instagram at Helen Denham underscore Helen Denham.com is my website. Um, my mentorship is open for enrollment. So if anybody's feeling called to do that. It's a seven week series with me. Um, and I have a podcast, the lifted podcast that goes up every Wednesday. So we've got awesome guests and just conversations on there. And, um, yeah, I think that's it. And you'll find like, there's a free workbook in my bio. If you want to listen to that, um, there's also a highest self visualization on my podcast that people can search if they just want a meditation to return to that would help mm -hmm. them. So that could be fun to offer as well. Okay. I think that's pretty much it for my end. Oh, I should also mention, I run full moon circles every month. So every month on the full moon, I, we get community together and we do, um, hypno journeys, we journal, we chat for an hour and it's just been an awesome opportunity to pull community together. So that's mm -hmm. also something that's love going that. on. Maybe I'll have to attend one of those sometimes. Oh, we'd love yeah. to have you in there. Yes. The next <laughs> cool. one is going to be on, uh, December 7th, I think yes. so a few weeks. 
Okay, we'll link all of that in the show notes for everyone to find. Um, well, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. Good to meet you. Good to see you. Yeah, thank you. Talk soon. Thank you, Helen. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If this resonated with you, leave a review on iTunes and let me know what your biggest takeaway was. If you want to go deeper into all things manifestation and magic, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Helen Life and I look forward to seeing you next time.